This episode of Priority One is brought to you by Sayulita.com. Sayulita Mexico is the closest thing to Planet Risa. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Captains, you're listening to episode 119 of Priority One, recorded live on Thursday, March 14th, 2013, via trekradio.net, and published every Monday morning for download on PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm James. And I'm Tony. And I'm back! Yes. Scary. Yes, yes, yes. I was away visiting family down in North Carolina, the in-laws, and boy, do I love it down there. It's so peaceful and quiet i uh i miss it already a very special thanks to dj david host of the warriors then on trekradio.net for bringing priority one live to you last week in my absence muchas gracias senor and kapla you can catch the warriors den live at thursday nights on trek radio at 10 p.m eastern right after our live recording so what do we have this week tony Well, this week we trek out the trouble with Taylor Swift and why Brazil is the luckiest country on Earth. We'll also review all the happenings this week in STO News, covering teasers for the highly anticipated update coming in May, the 14th Fleet Starbase Project, and a few promotional events that may open your wallets. Later, we'll teach you how to drive stick and handle your keyboards like a pro in this week's Field Notes. As always, towards the end of the show, we'll open hailing frequencies and review your incoming messages. Yeah, as we mentioned earlier, you can listen to us live on trekradio.net every Thursday at uh, 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. You can chat with us live or in-game. You can use the trekradio.net and join in their IRC channel, or you can talk to us, Priority One chat channel, in-game. So a bunch of different ways you can talk to us while we're doing the show, and uh, it's always fun to pitch in, ask questions, and we try and get to you guys as best we can. Priority One is an immensely successful organization built by volunteers like me and like James, and like Elijah, and maybe, maybe like you too. Nobody here gets paid, but if you have a skill, a talent, or have been dying to shift from listener to member, send us an email with how you'd like to help out. You can reach us at incoming at priorityonepodcast.com. Hey, I'm James, and we value your feedback. All submissions we receive for our show will be entered into this month's random drawing for 1,000 zen. This includes comments on our website, email segment topics, and more. So send them on in if you want a shot at 1,000 Zen. Before we move on with the show, let's recap what's been going on at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Well, let's see. We have had a bit, haven't we? In his latest Spirit of Trek article, Ceridium talks about the latest community project titled Star Trek Starfinder. In the series, Starfinder is an Odyssey-class starship sent to investigate a newly opened region of space near the colony of New Australia, referred to as the Outback, taking place in the aftermath of Star Trek Online featured episode The 2800. The year is 2412. When a way through the region has been discovered, opening up the Outback to exploration. For more information, visit PriorityOnePodcast.com. So have you listened to episode 13 of Trek It Out? What do you think about the sneak peek into one of the characters from the story? If you haven't yet listened, Leah, the newest member of the Party One team, and I sit down with Manu Interemi and discuss his experiences on Voyager and his reprisal as Icheb in the highly anticipated Star Trek Renegades story. Also, Leah, Tony, and I will bring you the month's hottest Star Trek news from comics, movie news, Star Trek online updates, all things Trek. So be sure to follow our feeds and Trek it out. Also, you'll notice one of our banners is about a survey we're conducting. We want to know more about you. Basically, our listeners, in short, we want you guys to help us make 
everything we do for you better. So, you know, we want to develop new content, better content. We want to tweak and make what we got going as best we can to you guys. You know, if there's something that's missing or something you want changed or something you want mentioned, you know, it's anything, any little tweak that you have for the show, we're always willing to take that constructive feedback into account and see if we can do it better for you guys. So the survey only takes a few minutes. I assure you the information we receive is invaluable, okay? So please just take a moment, take the survey so we can improve the network in general. For unlimited access to all our great content, please visit PriorityOnePodcast.com. And why don't we get ready to track it out? I don't know. Then let's track it out. Welcome to track it out. So if you have about three minutes, 40 seconds of your life that you just like to lose, waste, burn, whatever, then truck out this parody of Taylor Swift's song, Trouble, only it's about tribbles. <laughs> so uh, if you oh. know the song, replace trouble with tribbles and you can get it on. Uh, oh, you know, it's, you know, for a Star Trek pun, it's, uh, it's not bad. It, the, yeah, the, the, visuals, makes it... the visuals do it. The visuals do it. We just put the link in the uh, in the chat room, and it'll be in our show notes. But I, you know, the, the, the visuals make this composition. Uh, All right. Okay. Let, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Back to back to the uh, yes. Back to the back very to the serious. Show. All business. Very serious now. Yes. Well, those lucky Brazilians get everything. They get beautiful beaches. They get an annual party that puts Mardi Gras to shame. They have painful personal grooming rituals. And they got a 38-minute extended preview of the new Star Trek film. TrekMovie.com reports that it is confirmed that producer Brian Burke screened extensive portions of the film for the press there. So, warning, inbound spoilers. Kirk apparently gets demoted for violating the Prime Directive and loses command of the Enterprise to Admiral Pike. And then, a terrorist attack on London leads to a big meeting of Starfleet Brass, which then itself is attacked by evil John Harrison, resulting in Pike being injured. And this last part, I'm so glad they've found a way to shoehorn this into the movie, Kirk has a scene in bed with two cat women. So I think that we can all rest assured that those franchise is in good hands with J.J. Abrams when you have Captain Kirk in bed with two cat women. The, the finest tradition <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, well, there are many more highlights. We'll have the link in the show notes for anybody that wants to read the whole article of a variety of different spoilers from the first 40 minutes of the movie. But I thought that the Catwomen thing, I think that's important. Who needs story or really anything else other than Kirk to Catwomen? Well, discover something that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Send them over to us at incoming at priority one podcast. Com. And you'll be submitted into our random drawing for 1,000 zen. Let's check out what happened in Stow News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. The latest teaser for March Under the Raptors' Wings was released last week on March 8th. If you haven't seen it yet, it's a green-toned image of a male silhouette carrying a female body with rubble and fire behind them. It's some very impressive art, but again, we're left wondering, what is this Romulan plot about? Well, we won't have too much longer. As of this podcast's publication on Monday, March 18th, there will be only three more days left before the big reveal. Now remember, the countdown is not for the actual content release, at least not from what we've been told. But I presume that some website, somewhere, will get some cool, awesome exclusive as to what players can expect to see in this major May release. Ready, ready? Time for speculation! <laughs> Alright. <gasps> Yay! What's the word on the street? Do people still think that this is the release of a new Romulan faction? Well, the forums have provided, Elijah. We ask and the forums provide. Somebody found a little piece of art in the gateway system, and they have put it up on there and generated about 11 pages worth of responses, but apparently someone found a little tiny button that says, Choose Romulan Faction, or Choose Faction Romulan. So, along with Choose Faction Federation and Choose Faction Klingon, there's a little piece of art out there that says, Choose Faction Romulan. Now, now let's not go crazy here. It's not run rampant and wild, but, you know, I mean, we have the Klingon faction and we have the Federation faction, and we've got a button that says choose faction Romulan. One might suppose that at some point they're going to put a Romulan faction in. Now, here's what we do know. 
the most that Al Rivera hints at during his interview with Podcast UGC is that March under the Raptors' wings will have a lot more of the same type of content players experience during the anniversary event. So we can only presume that at minimum, there will be more cutscenes, special guest appearances, and more voiceover work. So that's, that's great. That's, that's very exciting. Let me open subspace communications and let's reach out to our very own Romulan insider, Commander Tate. Stand by. Commander Tate, are, 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 are we, we have you loud and clear, do we? But I've been here all along. Oh, have you? Oh, well, well, sir, we are hoping that you can lay to rest the rumors of what might be coming here in May. What are the Your Romulans up to? The communication system cannot keep me out. I'm former Tal Shiar. I go where I please, I hear what I want, and I know all. What am I prepared to tell you about our march under the raptor's wings? Nothing! <laughs> it's so delicious Curses. to keep you in the dark. What oh, fun would it be to give you warning of the incoming onslaught of the talons of the raptor? Nothing. That's what I give you, sir. Nothing. <laughs> Except a tip. Salami goes well with strangles. Well, thank you for stopping by, Subcommander, and hopefully uh, the door won't hit you on the way out. All right. The gateway, StarTrekOnline.com, text, yeah. choose faction, Romulan, yeah. that's it. Um, yeah, that's it. I... I'm not buying it. That that kind of looks Photoshop. Did, 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 did. Go, it's going to gateway.startrek.com. I see. I see. That's it's, the it's an asset there. on their server, but it doesn't mean anything necessarily. They could they could just be a placeholder. It could be a great troll job by the devs. Like <clears throat> we know you guys are looking for this sort of thing, so here's something stupid. I mean, they could be doing that. I who knows? But it's there. I would venture to guess more that it's two things are going to happen then. If this image is in the gateway, right, on the Star Trek mm -hmm. Online website directory, I'm going to venture to guess that this is either for a reputation system or some kind of duty officer interaction. That means that we're that not only are we going to get in-game content, but there might be a significant update to the gateway, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, we've got patch notes on that. They were supposedly updating the gateway last week, but then Cryptic Pause came on and said, oops, sorry, it's supposed to go out this week. And then I checked it uh, today after the patch, and I'm still not able to see the new updates, which are the supposedly the ability to donate to your fleet stuff, to your fleet projects. I still have a feeling it's going to be some kind of reputation system now for the Romulans, and, and you can choose reputation for the Federation, choose reputation for the Klingons. I mean, in the interview Al had with uh, Podcast UGC, when they were talking about the Gateway, one of the things he talked about was, well, one, the ability to interact with your fleet, right? So the, the fleet star base, et cetera, et cetera. And then moving on to something like the reputation system. And actually that the DOF system is probably the most complicated, right? Or isn't that what he said in the, in the, in the podcast UGC interview? Yeah, the DOF system eventually will hopefully get on the gateway, but it's a complicated system even on your PC. What do we got next in Stow News, James? Well, we have a new fleet starbase project. Elite content designer Scott Goatshark reports that on our special feature, Museum Quality, Fleet Starbases will provide the ideal place to showcase the imagery and history of both the Federation and Klingon Defense Force. Upon completion of this special project, special banners and United Federation of Planets logo will be made available for Federation Starbases. And mannequins displaying historical uniforms will be made available for the Klingons. Kind of like that one we got for our Starbases already on the Federation side. They'll get all the mannequins with the uniforms. This special project will be available around 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on March 14th, and it'll be good until around 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, March 28th, 2013. Uh, they're clearly not listening to this podcast, are they? Are they? Apparently not. Why can't we get more functional devices for the amount of time and resources being put into these star bases? Like, am I missing something here? Is the only way that star bases gain functional features is by actually completing a tier, right? I just want that? an office. I'm a fleet admiral, and I don't have an office on my own goddamn star base. That's all I'm saying. How about an office? How about a fleet admiral office? How about that? What do you say? What do you say? Would your entire fleet want to put their time and effort into getting you an office? Yes. Yeah, actually, I've had a couple people say, why don't you have an office? I think it would be cool to come there and, like, you know, have a meeting with you and, like, sit in your office. Yeah, I've actually had members going, why don't we have it? Even for the other fleet admirals, because when I'm not there, my second's my first officer, and those guys take over, and they can use it too. So it's not just for me. 
you gotta go somewhere to get hauled into the chief's office where he can call you a loose cannon and take away your badge exactly your yeah gun, like you call know. you on the floor and be like you on the carpet buddy let's go you're How right, cool I'm be? going to participate and give my dilithium and doffs and whatever other material is needed yes. so that then later I can go poop in your office, on your yeah, office see? chair. See? How are you supposed to steal my mug from my office when I don't have one? Hmm? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Uh... You know, maybe like a little dog next to my desk. How often would that be? You know, everyone's talking about getting Earth pets like we have every other pet on the planet. Dude, have my office, have a little dog sitting next to my desk. Awesome. The chat room is saying that there is a fleet admiral office on the tactical level. Talk to Scott Gotrek, and he says there is not. There is an office down in the tactical section that is not the admiral's office. That's yeah, what everyone yeah. uses as one, but that is not an admiral's office. It is just right, an yeah. office. Actually, I think Scott told me when I was at Cryptic, I think he said that was the tactical office or the – he had a name for it. It's not the admiral's I... office. So he admitted that there is no admiral's office and that it would have to be a future project for them to work on. The pocket door doesn't read Admiral James Lee, and that's why it's not the Admiral's office. <laughs> it doesn't have to read my name, but it should say Admiral's office. <laughs> I mean, like, come on, banners? It's 14 of these projects already that, okay, fine. For the first five or six, cosmetic stuff, nice. But now that we're, like, advanced, we should be getting some, you know, like a weapon system. Well, or and it's... I don't care what it is anymore. Moving forward, these decorative projects, I'm just not digging anymore. I, like, I'm not playing this game to be an interior designer. Or if you're going to do cosmetic stuff still, how about the exterior of the damn base? You know what I mean? How about we get the option yeah. to put our fleet symbol and logo on the outside of the Starbase? Or any logo, yeah. United Federation plant, anything. Add cosmetic features to the look of the Starbase on the outside. So hopefully somebody is at Cryptic is listening to this and they're more than welcome to come onto the show and discuss the business decision behind the decorative projects and why we're not getting more uh, integrative functionality into uh, in, when completing these projects. So moving on, Tony. Well, running now through March 28th, 2013, it's Junior Officer Appreciation Week. Yes, those unsung heroes that get into shuttles and go on suicidal missions for you every day for dilithium energy credits and experience. Your DOFs, yes, your DOFs. Speak to Lieutenant Farah for the Starfleet officers and Lieutenant Satas for KDF officers to get a up to 50% bonus to all duty officer assignments and experience points for the weekend. You only need to speak to them once to have the bonus for the duration and the bonus varies slightly depending on how long the mission takes. You'll get a free purple doff for your efforts on this. If you've already done this event, you can't get another one. But for those of you who have just uh, signed up for Stowe or who have not yet gone through the duty officer system and all its quality and extravagance, you can go through and uh, get yourself a new purple doff for it. And if you open a duty officer pack during this time, you can have a free additional green quality or better duty officer in that pack. This applies only to the C-Store packs, not to anything you got for a promotion or lockbox packs. The specific packs this applies to are the Fleet Support Duty Officer Pack, the Klingon Empire Duty Officer Pack, and the Federation Duty Officer Pack. From now until 10 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time on Tuesday, March 19th, 2013, Cryptic is having a 15% off sale on all Duty Officer Packs. Now is the perfect time to bring aboard new recruits. So if you're listening to this podcast on Monday the 18th, you've got one more day to take advantage of the savings. Why not submit feedback and enter for your chance to win 1,000 Zen with promos like this that can go a long way. There are only two more weeks left to purchase the fleet support duty officer pack. Before they are discontinued, there is an additional promotion. Now until server maintenance during the morning of Pacific Daylight Time on Thursday, March 28th, 2013, every fleet support duty officer pack you open will also include either 10 lobby crystals or a Jem'Hadar attack ship. As an added bonus for owners of the Jem'Hadar attack ship, there is a hangar item available exclusively for the Jem'Hadar dreadnought carrier available purchase in the Lobby Crystal store. Scaling quality levels of these items will be available for purchase from the shipyard store, the dilithium store, or the fleet store only if you have attained both the Jem'Hadar attack ship and the Jem'Hadar dreadnought carrier. So if you got some extra zen, take advantage of the 15% off. If you haven't received your Gemadar attack ship yet, now's your chance for one of the most sought-after ships in the game. Just to give you a brief recap of what this ship can do, the Gemadar attack vessel, is uh, quite a powerful ship with 34,500 hull, 
plus 15 power to weapons and a 20 degree turn rate per second. So this is a fast little ship with four, four weapons and three aft weapons. So everybody who's in PVP can attest to the power behind this vessel. Definitely not a glass cannon. All right, and then now we've got some patch notes, right, Tony? We got the patch this week. A few things went out with it. All EV suit armors have gained a base amount of cold resist equal to their current fire resist. And the Cryo Pulse Wave and its Mark 12 upgrade now deal three quarters of their previous damage when they fire against player characters, but the same damage levels against NPCs as uh, you've come to know and love. Now, this was done because apparently if you had the right kind of stacks and buffs going on, you could one-shot people in PvP with that Cryo Pulse Wave upgrade thing. So they took it down a little bit uh, when you're doing PvP. Also, you get the cold resist EV suit armor, so if you're fighting somebody with that weapon, suit up appropriately and you may not die, at least not as quickly. Players that have picked up the virus uh, from their base in the Shantytown map on uh, PvP will be unable to use their stealth powers until they get rid of the virus or die trying. This is a, a way to prevent people from grabbing it, cloaking, and then just running straight for the objective. It also changed the display name for attacks made by the wing cannon platforms on your Andorian escort so they can be more clearly identified in the combat logs. And now, using the Tachyon drone, hang your pet in the Gemidar Dreadnought. And the Jem'Hadar Heavy Escort character will now result in actually launching Tachyon drones instead of Orion Interceptors. I am a big fan of the fact that they are changing things that can be clearly identified in the combat log. I think that more and more people are using the Advanced Combat Tracker to monitor their playstyle. And anything that enhances that or makes it easier to read is great. I mean, you know, it's, they specifically say the combat log. And standalone, if you open that combat log, it's quite difficult to read. I mean, unless you have a third-party software to translate that for you, who would go into that log and read it? So that's really cool. So for those of you that have not yet learned about Advanced Combat Tracker, please head over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash STO Priority One. And in one of our episodes, we have an actual awesome video that Tony put together to walk you through how to set up Advanced Combat Tracker, and it couples with one of our previous episodes, so be sure to check that out. In additional patch note news, Space Stealth and Cloaking Updates. The Romulan and Riemann deflector dishes no longer provide a percentage-based increase, but instead provide a flat numeric increase to stealth abilities. The Subterfuge trait no longer provides a percentage-based increase, but instead provides a large increase to the Starship stealth skill of their captain. All ranks of the subterfuge trait have gained a defense bonus. A stealth bonus and ambush bonus from having multiple bridge officers with subterfuge does not stack, but the defense bonus will. So, Tony, do you do you use a lot of stealth, space stealth, and cloaking stuff? You know, what does this mean? I was to, gonna to the till they fixed it. Uh, yeah, this is another one of those uh, unintended consequences when they give you a new trait or power, and then people find ways to really make more of it than. Maybe they should have been able to, but it's been fixed now. And so back to the drawing board for my fun, uh, you know, undercover ship. The Foundry got some love. It's about time. You can once again select animations for NPCs on space maps. Thank you very much. They added 34 TOS detail objects to the Foundry, like your Dr. McCoy sickbay bed and a whole bunch of your old school consoles and walls and all that kind of stuff. So I'm looking to see. We need to have some of those TOS adventures out there. Give me a reason to bust out my Kirk rap. I want a mission that's a call to all you Foundry authors out there. Uh, they've also got a transporter room detail out there in the Foundry. You can put on interior or exterior maps. And the icons for contacts on cryptic maps will no longer display three times per contact. And, as we mentioned earlier, we reported last week that the Gateway had gotten the update, but we were cruelly and shamefully misled, but Cryptic Pose uh, came on the forums uh, the next day and said, oops, sorry, it's supposed to go out this week. And I was asking the chat room for some help. I still can't figure out where these donation features are on the Gateway. I got nothing. So maybe it's out there if somebody is able to get into it and tell me, who apparently is, is completely baffled by this new system, help me do it, please. All right, well, that wraps up this week in Star Trek Online news. Let's get edumacated and uh, bring you this week's Field Notes segment with Pug01, one of the teachers of the PvP bootcamp, as he teaches us how to use keybinds. I'm sure there is an answer. Well, better get some facts. 
Joining us again this evening is Pug01, coach and curriculum developer at the PvP Bootcamp. Thanks for joining us again this week, Pug. Everyone has thoroughly enjoyed our segments with you, and we truly appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us again. Thank you for having me back, Elijah. All right, so this week's topic of conversation is surrounding key binding. So why don't we start off with, what is key binding? Well, key binding is assigning a key to some sort of in-game function or ability. That's really how basic it is. There's more mechanics behind it, but it's really adjusting your key inputs and your mouse inputs to some functionality in the game. So, for instance, in ground combat, you can hit the number one to shoot your primary weapon. Exactly, and you can change that to number two now if you wanted to, or number five. Right. Now, what is the difference between key binding and macros? Well, key binding still requires consecutive input, and previously we've discussed the queue system in the mechanics, and the difference is, is that when I press a key for my key binds, I'm queuing up those slots. With the macro, that becomes automated. It'll automatically keep queuing the next ones, where with key binds, I have to keep pressing keys to keep queuing the next item up. So macroing involves automation, whereas plain key binding still requires user input. So with a key bind, you cannot program activate emergency power to shields, wait three seconds, and then activate tactical team. That is not something you can do with key binds. That is only something you can do with macros, which are not authorized for STO. Correct. With key binds, if you wanted to accomplish that same task, you would actually have to stop pressing the key for three seconds and then press the key again. Uh, so the difference is with a macro, you can program these things in, but you'd have to use some other utility to accomplish them. Now, can you talk to us about complex key binding? What is it? Complex key binding is when you assign multiple actions to one key. Now, this doesn't mean that when you press that one key, all of the actions occur. Usually what this means is that with the queue system that we've uh, talked in, about in a previous podcast, when I press the one key, I will activate one of those abilities and queue up a second one. When I press the key again, I will queue up the next ability. And as I keep pressing the key, I'll cycle through the whole list of the available actions in that key bind. So it requires me to press the key multiple times to keep queuing up the different activities or abilities or skills that I might have assigned to that key. It's almost like driving an automatic car. Once I put it in drive, I can just keep pressing on the gas pedal to keep moving forward. Whereas if it's not keybind like that, if I have individual assigned abilities, one ability to a keybind, I have to change to the different keys, press the different keys, almost like I'm driving a manual vehicle, you know, stick shift, and I have to move through the gears to keep going forward. Okay, so tell me how, as a player, there is an advantage of playing an automatic transmission. Well, the automatic transmission can allow you to create sort of states where you're maintaining yourself, whether it is with resistance buffs or certain damage that you're trying to put out. The idea of it is to create a little bit of an ease where you can just make sure that certain states are being maintained for yourself. You can generally look at your tray and look at a bunch of the abilities that might benefit you that you can chain all the time. And usually those are good ones to help you out to continuously run them by pressing one button repeatedly. What this now can allow you to do is that you don't have to be glaring at your tray all the time to see as soon as ability comes available to start it up. You can now look out the window of your ship or if you're on the ground look out and see which opponents you're fighting, look at what they're doing and you can start reacting to those opponents. Look at what buffs they're loading, if they're charging up their guns, are they loading their own buffs and it allows you to study your opponent now without having to glare at your tray. So, all right, if you could, give me an example of a complex keybind that you would use and set up. One of the most common ones is a spacebar complex keybind that involves what I would call ship maintenance. Now, generally, if you set up a ship and you have two emergency power to shields and two tactical teams, you start getting into a point where you actually have a lot of capacity in your shields and you have a lot of resistance in your shields. Now what I might do at that point is take the spacebar button and I might assign it to a full tray and on that tray, and it might be trace 3 for example, I would put on my emergency power to shields, both copies of them, my two tactical teams and my distribute shield power. 
Now, the distribute shield power, I would just want to balance all of my shield facings so that they're all well balanced. At that point, now, if I go into combat, I would of course want to add the fire all weapons to that spacebar as well. Now I can just press that button about twice a second or so, and what you'll see happen is emergency power to shields will load up whenever it becomes available, tactical teams will load up whenever they become available, and you'll distribute your shields or balance them whenever they become available. And so you've got this maintenance of your ship that's constantly taking place, and it's a good example to create a lot of resistance on your shields and allow you to create these big, big heals on your shields as well. Now, this can actually also commonly be found in a Hilbert Guide. If you follow the Hilbert Guide, it instructs you on how to set up a tray keybind where you hit the spacebar and then tray 7 or whatever is all the powers there will activate. But again, it's not a macro because it's not timing those powers. It's just activating them all at the same time or wh whichever one's available. As soon as it becomes available and there's nothing in the queue that's currently loading and you're pressing it, that key, it will pick the next one and load it up. As soon as you stop pressing the key, it'll stop loading it. If you keep pressing the key, as soon as that slot is open up, you'll see that activity being loaded. It actually, in the Hilbert Guide, it actually includes a balance of shields attached to your spacebar, since most people hit their spacebar to activate their weapons. Why is that important, to be constantly balancing your shields and making sure that it's all evenly distributed? This has to do with how healing works on your shields. Whenever you look at any of your major heals that are shield-related, like Science Team, Transfer Shield Strength, it gives you a value per shield facing. If my forward shield is completely gone, but my both sides and rear shields are all full capacity, when I hit a heal at that point, whatever that shield heal is, it's only going to be applied to one shield facing. So I'm only getting one of those values. When I'm balancing my shields and they're around 50% or so and I now create that heal onto my shield or activate it, at this point I'm getting each of those values on all four shield facings. So now I'm doing four times the amount of healing if I keep balancing my shields out. If you now have something like a tactical team, I have four times the capacity that my opponent has to take down before they can actually touch my hull. Now, how many ways are there to create keybinds in Star Trek Online? There are three methods of doing it. There's the first method where you can hit the escape key in-game. On the main menu, you can click on options. There's a tab at the top then with the new window that's called keybinds and you can assign keys there. It will allow you to assign one key to some of the list of functions that are displayed. The next one is to go into the chat box itself and use the bind command to create a keybind. And then the third method is to actually use a keybind file where you would have to create the text file that is in the game folder and then you can import that information into the game using the chat box bind command. Okay. Alright, so are there any good online references for players who want to get into the moving parts of the keybind process? Yes, there is. My first suggestion is if you really want to understand the mechanics of the keybind system, the stowwiki, stowiki.org. On the right-hand side, there's a keybind section. All of the information that's sort of been gathered over the years on the forums have actually now been inputted in the stowwiki and it describes the mechanics, the method of doing it, whether you want to do in-game in the chat box or whether you want to create a bind file. There's also another resource where you can use an application that I developed that allows you to create keybinds using a graphical interface and it generates the keybind files for you. Now, before we continue and we talk about the application that you did create, we want to stress that neither Priority One nor Pug01 is liable in any way shape or form. The software is provided as is and with all faults without any warranty of any kind. There is no warranty that the software is free of defects. Pug01 or his associates in no way are responsible for any loss or damage of any kind. Additionally, this is another one of those programs that the Stoula is not very specific about. However, similarly to the Advanced Combat Tracker, this is not modifying the game in any way. The application is simply generating a text file that you can create manually on your own if you so choose to, but just makes it easier for you to generate. Uh, just like the Advanced Combat Tracker makes it easier for you to read the combat log. Alright, now let's talk a little bit about your keybinding application. Where can players go to get it? They can go to www.if, as in Frank, es.us, slash sto keybind, 
and they'll locate the application there. It's a very simple little screen with a disclaimer about being no warranties and that's where they can locate it and install it onto their local system. Okay, now let's talk about the installation process. Can you walk us through that? Well, the application was developed on the .NET platform. If you're on a Windows system, you almost guarantee to have this installed on your system these days. So generally you would just go to the app uh, website and click on the agree button that's located on the bottom and it's a very simple installation process with a, a window that pops up that asks you where you want to install it and you can really just click next and the application will open up for you. Alright so let's set up a simple key bind. Can you walk me through that process? Okay. Once you have the application open there's a button on the left side under the key binds. You can click on add key. It'll create an item in the list below to the right, a little bit above it, there's a drop-down box that says key, and in that you can select one of the available keys that there are. You can even use existing keys that you're already using. Once you've selected your key, you now need to assign some actions or activities to this key. The way to do that is to click on the blue plus sign, and on the right-hand side, you'll now see a new activity, and on the right-hand side, you can select the activity that you want. There's a large list of different activities. Some of them will require you to enter some additional values, but for example, you can assign a specific slot on a tray to any key that you would like, or multiple slots on a tray to a specific key that you would like. Once you've completed this process and you've created uh, multiple keys, however you desire it to be, you can at the top click on the create bind file button. Once you've done that, it will give you the command that you now need to enter in game. There's a little text box there and you can take this command, go into your game, you know, log in, go to your chat box and enter that command. It should be in the clipboard, so generally all you need to do is go to the chat box as if you're going to start typing, hold down the control key and then press the V key and it should all be entered for you. If you need to get that command again, right, if you messed up or you need to pick it up again for some reason, there's a button there that says copy to clipboard. Once you click this button, it'll be on your clipboard, the command that you need to enter into the game. Now, are there any shortcuts built into the application? There are some easy templates that you can use to start yourself up. There's a button at the top that's called web open. Once you click on this, you'll open up a page that will first have a few links. This is a general suggestion of where you can start out if you haven't done any keybinds. You can of course go to the Hilbert guide as one option and in the Hilbert guide when you get to the section where you have to assign a keybind to the spacebar you will now see a button there that is located that you can press and it will automatically load the keybinds into the keybind application for you. There is no need for you to manually create this. If you want to copy the Hilbert Guide spacebar, go to the application's web open, click on the Hilbert Guide button, scroll down to where the spacebar is, and click on that button. There's also other templates available just to get you started, very basic ways to figure out how to play the game. There's a ground section and a space section. You can click on each of those and select which class you want to play, what style of game you want to play, and it has a simple layout with what you can do. You'll find on each of these pages also a button that says click me to load keybinds into keybind application. Once you click on these buttons, wherever they are located, it will load the keybind into the application for you to use now. You can modify those keybinds or just click on the create bind file button again, copy to clipboard if you need to, and go in game and paste it in. So now, what should players be mindful of before getting into this whole keybinding process? What warnings would you give? Keybinds are a great way to step you up to the next level if you're struggling with the game. The problem that you can encounter very quickly though is that you start to overcommit in your actions. If you keybind too aggressively or you have too many abilities that are running continuously by you pressing one button, it can get you in a situation where you're not reacting to your opponent, you are overcommitted, and your opponent can start developing tactics against you by studying what sequences you continuously are running. So you need to be very aware that overcommitting on your keybinds can be a big flaw in itself. Now, generally in PvE, this is not a big concern, but as soon as you move to PvP, expect this to become a big concern. So sometimes players who do not really understand 
the intricacy of key bindings may accuse some players of cheating or bending the system. How do you ease those player concerns? Key binding only gets you a certain way, about 50% of the way. Generally what you'll find is that you need to start getting away from key binds if you want to excel even further. So for people that look at this the first time around, they might see, well, I'm getting a massive increase in my capability when I do complex key binds. Look at what I can do. But those same players might actually on a regular basis encounter those one or two PvPers out there that just instantly destroy them. What in fact is happening is these players are studying your build as you're loading your keybinds and they are analyzing the weak spots in your configuration. And the reason for this is that not all abilities are perfectly chained and they can find those little gaps and those little weaknesses that you not, might not actually be aware of and they can use that against you. So keybinding, as great as it is, it is not the ultimate achievement. Some of the best PvPers have maybe one or two abilities on one key that they keybind. Everything else, they micromanage. It's a big task for any player because there's a bunch of abilities if you count up all of your bridge officer abilities, steering your ship, balancing your shield, shooting your guns. It's a lot to micromanage. There's a few players that have perfected that technique, but if you're not there yet, it's a good place to start with a complex keybind. Can you give us one or two examples of weaknesses that more experienced players can kind of catch? The first example is quite often reverse shield polarity. It can become quite attractive to run that whenever it becomes available. And with keybinds, that sort of becomes very easy to do. The problem with this is that you are committing to an action that doesn't yield anything right afterwards. And if a player that's really experienced sees this and they catch on to this, they'll wait for your reverse shield polarity and as soon as it's over, they'll attack you. Quite often you're running your tactical teams with your reverse shield polarity and they know that as soon as those two are up, you do not have a good way of balancing your shields. And they will use that gap in your shields to destroy you very quickly. Similar technique is a lot of players will chain tactical teams. It can be very useful when you're first out PvPing or you're fighting some big ball cube. But in a PvP situation where you have that experienced player against you, they will find that five second gap and they will synchronize their attacks with the downtime on your tactical teams. And suddenly it feels like you don't have any shields. It feels like a freight train is hitting you every 15 seconds. And it might be very confusing, but what's really happening is the keybinds at this point are actually working against you. You need to be aware of this because it's the next stage in becoming better at the game. So to summarize, the key issues for really improving in space combat are combining the right powers, timing when you deploy those powers, and learning to recognize the powers your opponent is deploying so you can counter them. Exactly. That can be something that everybody has to be aware of, that not only are they participating in the fight, but their opponent is as well. If you study your opponent, it allows you to counter whatever actions they might be taking. Again, we want to thank Pug01. Make sure that if you're interested in learning more about how to improve your gameplay, that you visit the PvP Bootcamp and sign up for a session with a coach and get your gameplay on. Pug, thank you again for stopping by. We really appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you, Elijah, for having me. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. And welcome to Feedback, Captains. And let's see what we got here. Priority One Podcast this week, we got Sean Newboy saying, great show. I love the donate request. Sean, that was specifically for you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Let's see here. Who else checked in? Yu Chen checked in with another example of a weak presidency crippled by its own obsession to please two different sides and unwilling to take a stand of its own. And that's why I came back to offer a third opinion. There you go. Loonchick says, thought the at Atasky segment was great. Very entertaining. And MJ Bird says, great show. And come back, Elijah. Not the same without you. Oh. Oh, I'm back. back. I won't go far. And thanks to everybody who uh, is following us and continues to follow us and retweets all of our Twitterations on your Twitterness. Thank you to everybody. And we look forward to more of your Twitosity in the weeks and months to come. Over to you, Elijah. Uh, coming to us via email, uh, Justin, 
They removed the sell button from the Dilithium store because one of them gave the best vendor prices incorrectly, and you always can. So uh, as an answer to that, for them removing the Dilithium button uh, or the ability to sell, you can either replicate excess items for less EC with Noah's Aura, which Justin thinks gives the same price anyway, or B, transwarp to fleet star bases, and then you re-enter sector space. It will be where you left from. So if you've got problems, Justin, uh, a.k.a. Chivalry Bean, has got solutions. Yeah, I just, I, I just, there's just no good way to do it though. Because if you go back to your base, your fleet base, there's no uh, vendor there that buys stuff. And then, uh, you know, you got your bank there if you're a high enough tier. That's nice. But there's no exchange there either. So you got either got to call the Xura if you want the exchange and if you want uh, a vendor to sell stuff at. I just need to clean out my inventory. This is what I need to do. Yeah, I try to do that every time I go in. All right, well, that wraps up feedback. Please, folks. Keep in mind, we love hearing from you, and we love to hear your opinion about how we're doing on the show. You can reach us via email at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com, or you can uh, catch us on Twitter at STOPriority1 or Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast. Well, that wraps up episode 119, broadcasted live from TrekRadio.net. Remember that we're on air every Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific, and we always get amazing feedback from our live audience, which you can join via IRC at trekradio.net. Just click under the community section and uh, join us live. Interact with us. You'll have fun. I guarantee it. Don't forget, Captains, the Priority One Network is expanding, and we're in need of two audio editors to help with the weekly publication of our podcasts. If you feel you're the guy or gal for the job, then send us a sample of your work to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. We're looking for your suggestions and ideas for Trek It Out, field notes, and general show improvements and additions. You can submit your ideas and questions with our online forum on the Priority One website via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Facebook or Twitter, also accepted. That is right. We are on Facebook. So you can head on over to www.facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast and say hi, give us a like, share with your friends. Or you can check us out on Twitter via at STO Priority One for show times and other awesome announcements. Hey, hey guys, do you ever get that not so rich feeling? Mm. I get it all the time. Do you know what I'm talking about? That feeling that maybe you could be richer than you are? It's just a sensation that you, you're just, uh, it's just not, you're not as rich as you could be. You know what I like to do? I try to get donations when I have that not so rich feeling. And where I get donations from is a big button on the PriorityOnePodcast.com website. Have you seen this button? Oh, oh pick me. Pick me. James, have you, have you seen the button? I know the button. Have you? Have you seen it? It's a wonderful button. You know what happens when you push that button is that you can help support the show and the great quality programs that come from PriorityOnePodcast.com. That's right. Or you can get a extension for the Chrome and Firefox browsers that help us avoid that not-so-rich feeling. So we collect no personal information from this extension. It's all right off the top from Amazon. We just get a few pennies of your purchase. We'd appreciate any help you can give us to avoid that not-so-rich feeling. I want to thank everyone who has already donated via the button or by shopping through our Amazon affiliate store. Uh, as always, we really appreciate your support. We couldn't do this without you to maintain servers, so we very, very much appreciate it. We've got some awesome events lined up this year, including coverage of the Fathom events in Times Square and the Times Square Theater. I'll be at the East Coast Jersey Convention here in Cherry Hill. And, of course, Vegas. So the more we have in our bank, the more we can actually provide to you guys. So thank you so much for those of you who have donated. And we would like to thank the entire team over at PriorityOnePodcast.com, our production assistant and our director, Alex Calderwood, our audio engineer, Lennon Rich, and the composer of our awesome theme music, Mr. Chris Watts. Thanks to our special guest from the PvP Boot Camp, Coach Pug 101. Thanks to special our sponsors, uh, SayLita.com, our syndication partners, Subspace Radio, Trek Radio and the Trek Radio Live crew, and of course, the Stoke community. That you guys, none of this would be any fun. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Enemy ship on sensors. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage.
Transfer complete. By the way, thanks for saying happy birthday to me, you two. Oh. Oh, oh, oh yeah, it was oh. yesterday. Oh, oh, well, mm -hmm. I did. I yeah. did say Are something on Facebook. I did. You did. I did you get old? you on Facebook. Um, yeah, thirty-five Earth years, man. Yeah, I know. That's like you know what? Maybe maybe you just planet. ruined it, dude. You just ruined it, man. Because you know I had a big party planned towards the end of the podcast, but were there just were there vacation it, chicks? Uh, in were a cake. In a cake. In a cake. In a cake. Nice. Two of them, and you totally Kirk ruined it. Quality. Ceridium talks about the latest community project titled Star Trek. Sh oh, almost says Shatner. <laughs> Sit with Manu and Chiremi. Elijah, did you just put my name on this thing so I could screw up Manu and Chiremi? <laughs> Actually, I, you know, uh, my favorite Taylor Swift video is the one where she, uh, her duet with the goat. A terrorist attack on London leads to a big meeting of the Starford. Uh, <laughs> wow, we milked Stone News because there is nothing to talk about. Like a horny cow. Mmm, I don't think my export worked right. Hold Did on. you say moo? To our very own Romulan insider, Commander Tave. Stand by. Uh, Commander Tave, are you, you there? You sound like you have jazz hands. Ooh, you know it would be a cool one? Cool. A brig cool. with working laser bars. Like, you could yeah. actually put someone in it, go to a wall panel, hit the button, and laser bars appear, and they can't get out. Until you let him out. How cool would that be? You know what I want? A shark. Uh, a pool with sharks with freaking laser beams freaking on lasers. them. With laser beams on them. <laughs> because well, would you sea bass? deserves a warm meal. Ill-tempered sea bass, Elijah? I can't do sharks, they're, but ill-tempered sea, hmm? Ill sea bass. They're mutated. Ill-tempered sea bass. Mutated ill-tempered sea bass. That's a whole lot of duty. Lord, I was born a rambling man. We're looking for your suggestions and suggestions. Wow. Why not? Sub oh, you blocked it with your thing. Okay.